Mom, I love you. I forgive you. I love you. Uh, and then I hugged her and then I left. And when I closed that door, that was like everything. I was jumping home because I was, I just felt, whoa, something happened inside of me. My name is Innocent Mugenga. And you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. We all come from somewhere and aim to make a journey through life. Constant change. This is an open-ended exploration of our ability and desire to learn, grow, and adapt. In conversation with inspiring individuals and experts in the fields of sciences, technology, behavior, and performance, we seek to find answers to how to navigate and win in this information age. The future is happening now, and we aspire to evenly distribute the knowledge by empowering your learnability. Let's go. All right, Amo, nice to have you here. We need to hear your uh, mindset and learn from you. I appreciate that, and I I wanted my, the golden mindset to be known all over the world. I've been, it's now known in the Bahamas and in Sweden, and I actually was in a newspaper in Norway too. So, oh, yeah. so that's, look at you spreading out, spreading <laughs> yeah. the message, yeah, being global, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So you had an event yesterday. I'm sorry I couldn't make it, but tell us a little bit about what happened yesterday. Well, what was, we missed out. Well, y'all, y'all, y'all missed out on so much. It was a business network. Uh, I have a business network uh, with a friend of mine, Thomas Villander, called uh, Amo and Villander Business Network, and it's about connecting businesses and making, but making it in a fun way, in a joyful way. Our key, three keywords is joy, uh, business, and knowledge. We always uh, invite a couple of speakers yeah. and they get nine minutes to speak. So we have to learn something. So like, just like you did now, mm, yeah. aha moment. Yeah. So it's very, it was very appreciated. And yesterday we, and we have a lot of sponsors. So it was very good. Over a hundred and something people came yesterday. Yeah, it was beautiful. And uh, who did you have speaking? Yesterday we had actually um, a success story, a guy who, um, was out of a job who came to our event and uh, got a job after two of our events. So it was really nice. He's, he was telling his story and how happy he was, how, how much he appreciated our events and how good it, and he always tells people, come, come. He's been to all our events. We started in September last year and once a month and uh, he's been to all of our, and he always bringing people there. People really put effort into trying to get that word of mouth spreading. It feels like you have that built in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a key. Our um, uh, business world is only on LinkedIn. So if you missed a post on LinkedIn, I'm sorry. We will get more uh, but, 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 it, but it's word of mouth. So it's yeah. like 50, 60,000 sees my posts every day. Yeah. Every time. I, I mean. want to get into <laughs> more about how you did that and what's your philosophy around that. Yeah. But let's start off with your journey. You have a really inspiring journey that I'd like to hear more about and some lessons along the, the way. You, for example, learned about sales through working at a mental asylum. True that, true that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I didn't learn sort about sales, sort of. I learned about people. Yes. That would say like, uh, you know, they have uh, what they call uh, different, you want to categorize people in different um, 
boxes. Yeah. But I, when I worked at a psych uh, asylum, I learned that every person, even if they have the same illness, they are so different oh, yeah. and they react and act so differently. And you cannot box them just because this one has schizophrenia. All mm -hmm. these five, they are totally different and they react totally different. And if you listen, sit down and listen, ask the right, ask questions instead of just assuming and judging and putting them in a box, you will, you will see that everybody's is unique. Yes. So we, I, I always say you have 7 billion people in the world, there's 7 billion boxes you could put in. And that goes in hand with uh, what we, uh, what I normally talk about education needing to be more personalized. Yes. So take us all the way back to your, the start of your journey and maybe your upbringing and uh, we can take it sequentially. Yeah, all right. All right. But yeah, well, I'm born in south of Sweden in Hesleholm and I brought up with my mother and my father, but my father moved from, who is from the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, your mother is from Sweden. Yeah, she's Swedish. Yes, exactly. So he moved to Stock, uh, to Westeros, I mean. Uh, when I was three, yeah. and then me and my younger brother stayed with our mother, and uh, she was mentally and physically abusing us uh, every day, and all through your all through my uh, low up to I was fourteen, because then my uh, grandpa came, her father came and picked me up, uh, me and my brother up, and said, "You're moving to your aunt, her sister," <laughs> because he had seen the situation going yeah, on. Actually, my big brother told. Um, them that it, it has to be enough now because we, we were left in a big house for almost two weeks by ourselves with no food no money no nothing so we had to eat in school and stay with friends yeah you know you you learn how to see the patterns who's who's fr what friend you go to who offers food when they ate because some of the some of my friends family said Oh, we're gonna eat now. You could wait in the room. I like that's what? a classic one. I don't Damn. understand that one. You sit here. We're gonna exactly. Eat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, but you had some friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who always offered. Uh, I'm glad we were that family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my family was well, not my mother, but <laughs> because that I never same. took anybody home there. Yeah. But uh, but that's how it was. So. Um, and then I moved, to, we moved to our aunt and uh, there all of a sudden we, we was a wrestler, I was a wrestler, both of us was wrestling. So we was pretty good. Well, we was very good actually, it was uh, top in Sweden. So we know our weights, right? Because we train every day, every day. And after a year, in a year, we went up over 10 kilos because we, we, we get fed every day. After moving to your aunt, yeah. you started getting yeah, food we get and you food every went day. up 10 kilos. 10 kilos in that age is a that's lot. very much. And we was wrestling and, you know, that's a big difference in yeah, weight classes. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. so were you like, it sounds like you were, like you, you said you were mentally and, and physically abused. Yeah. I'm envisioning like a really underweight kid. Um, well, well, I was. How smart. would you describe yourself? I was very, that? very athletic, yeah. very super athletic, actually. Uh, but um, but I was underweight. I was underweight, but because when I after that year, I still was super athletic. But I, but I was you a had little some bigger. Mass. Yeah, 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 mass exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
the thing is that I, I did wrestling, I did football, I did handball. I tried to do everything just to stay home. I stay away from home, I mean. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't want to be home. So I just come home to sleep and then go up to school. Like what type of abuse was it? How did the oh, days look? I ha- you see, I have glasses, right? Yeah. Yeah. She kicked me in my eye. So uh, when I was like five or six. So I had to have glasses and my jaw is, uh, you see, my, my bed, she kicked me in a jaw, jaw and a lot of stuff. And she always called me, uh, us, um, us two, uh, fucking nigger kids and you're worthless and stuff like that. And coming from your mom, you know, you don't want you, the one you love. And, uh, and you want to be loved by, it's very hard. And so I had a very low self-esteem, big self, big confidence, but low self-esteem and where during did that, my teenage years. Where did that big confidence come from? Because I was good in school. I was good. I was good. I, I'm a very fast learner. Okay. So school was easy for me. Yeah. Very easy. Yeah. Uh, and then the football, handball, I was in this, uh, the... Um, district um, it's a team for the whole um, area in um, the county county the county team uh, and um, in handball and then I was a good wrestler so and I, I was never afraid of not, nothing and I always pushed myself and uh, like I said that's where my self-confidence came from So what happened at home drove you into performing maybe yeah, in different exactly zones and- because I wanted her To say, oh, you're good. You're because he always told me and us that she that we are worthless, and so I want her to say, oh, you're good, you're good. But she never said it. Also, that she loved us, but she never said it. She loved us. So that was very hurtful when I was young until I was uh, like twenty, twenty-one. What happened then? Then I started working at the psych asylum. As oh, that's a, when you started working. Yeah, oh, yeah. when I was twenty. Uh, so then I like, wow, Jesus Christ. A lot of these people is like my mother. Oh, so I, I, I saw, see, saw see the resemblance. Inside. Okay. So when I saw the resemblance, yeah. I, I was just supposed to work there for the summer. Yeah. I asked if I could stay because I was doing uh, my re- uh, my research. Okay. Your personal, personal research. research. Yeah, I, I was sitting that. down with people, talking to them, listening to them, just asking them questions, just listen how they react and how they say things. So after a year doing my research, yeah. I was, I felt like, okay, I built up uh, uh, confidence to go home and talk to my mother. So I went home after when I was 21 yeah. to speak to her. And I said, mommy, I need to talk to you. I said, and she said, yeah, okay. I said, sit, please sit down by the kitchen table. And then I just started crying and saying everything from, I can remember from when I was three what she done and what she said and how that made me feel and how it made me react when somebody else told me nigger because then I fought because I wasn't afraid of nobody because I was a wrestler. It was a trigger wrestler. point. It was a trigger point I, and I only just hit one time because I never wanted to fight. I was always a nice kid. If you ask all my friends, parents, they always say, oh, I'm so nice, blah, blah, blah. But... But that thing, when, when we were like the older teenage, teenage, teenage years, when he was at uh, clubs and stuff and somebody, they were, and then very fast people get to know, oh, just say these couple of words and they challenge you. There's a fight. Yeah, I've yeah. experienced well, that as yeah, well. Yeah. And what you're talking about earlier, so I've experienced racism growing up, but having that at home, yeah, I can't was, even imagine. No, that's why the, the, my self-esteem was so low. 
But when I understood that mother, mother was sick, I wanted to help her instead. So you had this talk? Yeah, I had a three-hour talk. And I was crying my brains out or whatever. I was so, it was so uh, hard. But it was also relieving. And I knew what she was, more or less, how she was going to respond. Because mm. I spoke to all these people with similar symptoms and so like okay she was denying a lot of stuff but i said that's okay i just want to get the everything out everything every little thing of sadness resentment uh, anger i wanted to get everything out for you for me yes it's always for me well in that case it was for me uh, but and then i told her uh, when i was done i said mom i love you i forgive you mm. I love you. Uh, and then I hugged her and then I left. And when I closed that door, that was like everything. I was jumping home because I was, I just felt, wow, something happened inside of me. You've been carrying this I've weight. Ca- weight yeah, all my yeah. years and just talking to this demon made me feel like I, I, I released everything. Uh, all my... Uh, good serotonin and everything. I was so happy. And I went home and I wrote a post-it saying, you're good, Amo. And that was, um, and then I looked in the mirror. I put it on the mirror in the bathroom. So I, every time I went to the bathroom, I had to say it five times and look myself in the eyes. Say, you're good, Amo. You're good, Amo. You're good, Amo. You're good, Amo. And I did that like for six to eight months or something like that. And then I felt the self-esteem was back. It switched your mindset. Oh, paradigm and that's, that's why I always tell people, that's where the golden mindset started, even though I didn't call it the golden mindset. So I've been at it for 21 years. Uh, 20 years, I mean, yeah. without calling it that. It's just the last five, six, seven years that I call it the golden mindset. So I've been, people say, oh, but you, you're um, uh, just a success, fast success story because I just moved on LinkedIn for a year and a half ago. And I exploded when I started talking about the golden mindset. So it's, it, it, it wasn't just a year and a half ago. No, it, it's that's been when a long, you got long, it on social journey. media. Yeah. Long, well, I've been on social media, Instagram and Facebook, talking about this for long. Okay. But when I went to LinkedIn, it exploded. Oh, yeah. 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 We will get back to <laughs> yeah, yeah, into yeah. LinkedIn and how you <laughs> yeah. work with that. But um, I got a question like, Relationship-wise, I know you were just 21 years old and you still have some relationships maybe. Did this affect your like mentality and did you, were you able to be better in relationships after this talk with your mother and letting that luggage go? Relationship to women? Yeah. Uh, Yes and no, I should say. First, first of all, I was with one girl. I love woman, well, girl, she was a girl. Yeah. We were both uh, young. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, when I was after this talk, and she, I was doing so great. You know, I'm very trustful. I trust people. But then she was unfaithful to me. Mm. And when she was unfaithful to me, that I was 22, 21 or 22, I felt like, shit, all women. And I was so in love. All women were bad to me. And then I started being an asshole. To be honest, I wasn't um, for a couple of years. Like though, a reactive. A reactive to women. I, I went, maybe if I was with somebody, I was unfaithful to them because they were going to be unfaithful to me anyhow. That's that how, so, so, Like I said, the, my girl mindset started there. 
but my inse- still an insecurity when something happened, it triggered me to do some bad shit. But it's a lot. But I was working on myself all the time. You have to learn. You have to by learn. Failing, yeah, yeah, by failing, and and as the years went, the less I failed, the less. And I started the last time I said like, I'm never ever gonna be unfaithful again. If the other person wanna be unfaithful, that's okay. I'll just say, all right, I won't be angry. That's on you. It's on you. Yes. I'll just leave. Nowadays, I tell all people that I meet, if I meet somebody, when I met somebody, I say, hey, you could dance with whoever. I'm, I'm not jealous. I'm n- never jealous because I trust you. Mm. I put my trust in you. You could dance however you want. You could. I want people to buy your drinks because that means <laughs> they, they want you. They look good, but I will know you come back to me. And if you don't, That's okay. So you build that confidence in each trust, other yeah. and trust both ways. It's all about yeah. trust. Yeah. And honesty. Yeah. And so um, I learned from mistakes, like I said. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, man. So, First time I'm talking about that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just popped to my mind, thinking of how that oh, can affect good, your good. relationship. I like it. Vulnerability. So um, you worked at the mental asylum. 21 years old. Yeah. How long were you there? And I was uh, back and forth for, uh, until uh, I was 30. Okay. Well, when I moved to Stockholm, but I was working with youth also the last three years. All right. Mm. So, but still in the caregiving. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Everything people... yeah, is caregiving. And I was also a bartender, so I was also <laughs> caregiving. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what did your career transition into and when and how? Well, when I moved to Stockholm, a friend of mine who was already here from, he was from school, a childhood friend, and he was a boss at a big sales company. And he told me like, man, with your, you're always happy, you're always outgo- you're outgoing, and you're always like smiling and... Social. No, yeah, social, social, exactly. And uh, so he said, you should try sales because in Stockholm, there's so many sales jobs and you'll be great at it. I said, well, well, I don't know. I never, I never sold anything like that. Well, I was a bartender, so, (laughs) but but yeah, service, but uh, I said, yeah, okay. So I tried it and (laughs) he was right. (laughs) I was super, super, very good. After two weeks of my first job, I became a sales coach. Okay. After two weeks. Yeah. The first day I uh, actually... Uh, sold the record for most sales in a day. And I, I said, because the, the CEO called me uh, the first day I worked. Your first actual day. My first actual in. day, the CEO called me and I'm like, okay, uh, hi, how are you? And he said, how how did it go, Amo? Well, it went good. I I met a lot of companies, like 20 companies. What were you selling? Um, uh, advertising for two saloon, salons. Okay. Salons, yeah. yeah. And he said, yeah, I mean, how did it feel? Yeah, well, it was okay. I said, I I did five or six sales. I knew how many I did, but mm. I just wanted to have five or six. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I called around to our affiliates in uh, Europe, and uh, nobody sold that many in one day as you did <laughs> on your first day. And then after two weeks, he said, can you be, do the sales course? <laughs> You're delivering, you're delivering. Yeah, we have to teach the other people how to deliver. Okay, so uh, can you be our sales coach? Yeah. How, did, <laughs> how did you go about? Why were you the best sales, uh, salesperson the first day? And 
what did you teach out when you became a coach? Probably because I'm me. I'm trying to play anybody else. And I'm always asking questions. I'm like a kid. I ask thousands of questions. I want to know you. Who are you? My first meeting, my first actual meeting with the CEO for that salon was, uh, <laughs> I said, I came in and I'm bald. So I said, oh, I just want to uh, shine on my forehead, <laughs> on my head. <laughs> and everybody, what? That was, uh, okay, I'm just kidding. So you open up and give them a part of you. So yeah. Then, yeah. I hope everybody's good. I said, I'm just looking for uh, the CEO, who the owner. Yeah. And they called for the owner and the owner came. And then they said, oh, hi, my name is Amo. And Amo, in, um, they were from uh, Syria. Uh, and my name means uncle. So I said, hey, I'm uncle. Mm. And I said, what? Yeah, Amo. What, your name is Amo? Hey! <laughs> you want some coffee? They say, yeah, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can open up with <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. I and have I the same did. with Innocent. It's yeah, always an yeah, icebreaker. Ex yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then, and we spoke for like 30 minutes about everything except why I was there. Mm. And after 30 minutes, she says, Amo, why the F are you here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I have the best deal. Look at this. I got the best deal. It took two minutes. I didn't even have to explain. She just signed. And that's like, Jesus Christ, this is easy, I said. Well, the next company I went to, it wasn't that easy. But that's the thing is. Building I thought, relationship. Yeah, building relationship. Understanding what are their needs and how could I help them? Because I asked so many questions. I knew what they needed. So I guess I have the perfect thing for you. This will help you out so much. This takes me back to, I also worked within sales uh, in like early career. This is one of my first jobs. And I remembered, um, I just went in, I didn't, they had like scripts and stuff. Yeah. But when you, the phone answers, you just start talking. So I also, I didn't, I maybe didn't have the same uh, success story as you, but it went quite well to the point where they asked me to write scripts for everyone else. Wonderful. But what I realize now, writing scripts for me was a lot on the feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking to the person, listening in and going with the flow. So putting that into a script is quite hard. Rather, you want to work with the principles than the techniques. Exactly. I'm so with you on that one because... I worked actually, actually before my knocking doors, yeah. I did two days or three days at a um, phone sales yeah, yeah, call, yeah. Call, up, <laughs> call center. And I like the first day I like made 10 calls and at a call center making 10 calls a day. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, you, that's <laughs> they, he wanted to punish me so bad. So when the sales um, manager came after when the day was ended and he said, I am, how many calls did you make today? I said 10. And he was furious. How the hell did you only make 10 calls? But well, well, how much should I supposed to do? The other people make 75 to 120 calls. Whoa, That's so, a oh, big difference. Like, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> shit. They must have sold a lot, I said. Well, yeah, the, first, the best one is sold four. And I'm like, what? I made eight sales. Out of the 10 calls, I made eight sales. Quality over quantity. And, and he, and you know, this beep, he, you know what he told me? If you made more calls, you make more sales. So tomorrow you have to call more. But I said, I don't believe that, but I'll try tomorrow. So on Tuesday, I, I made 12 calls 
and I made eight sales again. The same. So I said, doesn't matter how many more calls. Eight call eight because in two days I had sixteen sales. Number two in the whole company had eight. So I had doubled more than double in two days. And this sales manager comes to me again and is angry. And I said, you oh, know, really, he, he locked himself into that yeah, to believe that. I have that. to make the more more calls. I said, what is most important? Calls because I I I don't give I don't take shit for nobody. So I was like, you know what? I'll just resign. Okay, directly. Yeah. Yeah, so I like, ah, this is not for me. No, it sounds like really <laughs> the wrong culture, yes. the wrong metrics to yeah. start off with. Yeah, Your metrics yeah. shouldn't be amount of calls. It's the quality it's and always the, the quality. Yeah. And that's what I'm always teaching up because I I was interviewed by um, the Sweden's sales, biggest sales um, uh, magazine. Yeah. And I told them, Skip all the goals, sales goals, because it's for me. If you say you're going to make ten, hundred calls, that's more important than making ten great calls. Mm. It's it's about being better all the time. If you if I make two good calls today and I make three tomorrow, I did better. I'll celebrate, and next day four. It's every time I just excel, I get better. That's a win. That's progress. With progress, progress, progress. Is it's not about it's and also it's different. Different people, different um, mindset. I mean, you have to help the every. Like I said before, it's different boxes. So you have to know what triggers this guy or this woman to do better. So you can't talk the same to everybody. So what would you? Since it's so different, what's when you're when you're coaching? Uh, what do you talk about in that? Is it about finding what triggers you and what's uh, uh, your individual motivators? Yeah, the inv- individual motivators. Because I interview. It's like I interview, like you interview me, but it's like I interview the person because I have to know how they are today and what triggers them. What is passion? What can make you do better? I have to listen to everything they're saying and really understand it from their perspective, not from my perspective, from their perspective, so I could help them be better. So now I'm helping a couple of companies to um, from sales and marketing, and I said, I have to talk to you. I sit down for a couple of hours and we talk, and so I know how you want to do it and how was your thoughts, and then I could say, okay, but we, can, you want to try this? I would like to try this with this fit. And I come with some ideas. They come with some ideas. It's not about my ideas. It's about we collaborating to make the best ideas. Working with what you got and using that as yeah. a tool. Yeah. And I have a big network. So I always have people that I could help that could help us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So using the network is super great. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. The, you can't do anything alone, really. Nope. No, nope. you need people. Nope. So. Uh, You became a sales coach. You're uh, successful in that, growing in that. How did you get to where you are today? What oh, are the steps? That's a long way. Yeah, it's a long journey. <laughs> long journey. No, I was uh, I was a sales coach at this first company, but yeah. then I went to another company and I was just in sales. But then I became a sales manager, but I said sales coach also yeah. um, for um, this bigger company though, and then. Um, After uh, they told me that they wanted to make me part owner, and I said, "Oh, perfect!" 
and I said, um, yeah, but I've been working for a couple of years, bringing in a lot of good, good money. <laughs> they need to keep you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in other words. So they had a carrot dangling a carrot in front of me. And I said, okay, you get until the, the, this date to do it. And, uh, they didn't. So I, on the same date, I resigned. Okay. Did it give you any reason or was it just bureaucracy? No, no. The, he was just, I didn't, I don't believe he meant it. Okay. Meant it Cause he didn't want to, cause he didn't want to let go of his company okay. too much. But now I, after reflection, yeah. I believe him cause I, we had a very good relationship yeah. and he was, he's still the best boss I ever had. Mm. The best owner. He owned the company. So, uh, but still, and I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I told him this before, and if I don't get it on this date, I will leave. And you say true to that. I say true to what uh, if I say it. I believe it's all about trust, like I talk, talked about before. It's about trust. You broke my trust. And then I become a part of a little smaller company instead who who been on me, wanted me to come there. But then I got a baby in the Bahamas. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I wasn't there very long because I had to, I moved to the Bahamas. You moved there? Yeah, to be with my daughter. Yeah, so, um, so, and then I was What did you do there, by the way? Daddy. Daddy. daddy life. Just becoming a wow. daddy. And, in the Bahamas. In the Bahamas, beautiful. Walking down to the beach, walking to the little city every day. It was beautiful. My father's from the Bahamas. So I always travel to the Bahamas from Sweden six to eight weeks every year. By yourself? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, nice yeah. that you're getting that connection. Yeah. Do you have connection with the family over there? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and correct. your father, do you have connection with him as well? Or? He lives in my apartment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you got back to yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, he's been living with me for like two and a half years. Now. Amazing. I take care of, taking care of him because he has a very low pension. Okay. Yeah, because he's an artist and... You know, and he wasn't paying tax when he was younger. And okay. yeah. So I'm getting like a, a summary. Well, he was paying tax. He but was paying. Yes. <laughs> Let's put that in. He paid a lot of tax. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're selling paintings and stuff. It's, it's, not, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, another yeah, income. Yeah, 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 I get it. So um, <laughs> summarizing your mindset. There's a lot, you talk a lot about loving yourself. Exactly. And the, the positive framing, like you said, you don't uh, assume the negative. We have a negativity bias. Yeah, exactly. But you try to actively twist it to the positive. Exactly. That's correct. And you're people-centric yeah. in, the, in the bottom, in the core. Yeah. Because I, I believe everybody knows love. Everybody comes from love. We learn to hate. Hate is taught. I hate that person you hear, hear your mother say or somebody say. I hate dark people. I hate. It's not their fault. Somebody taught them that. And if they've been taught that, they can be taught not to hate again and to be, be loving towards people. But it takes some work, right? A lot Everything of work. in life takes work. If it, if it, like I said to a person this morning, if it isn't hard, it isn't worth it. If it comes easy, it's not worth it. It, everything in life have to be fucking hard. It have to hurt. When you know it hurts inside and outside, you know this will be worth it when I go th when I'm done with it. Progress is waiting. Oof. I fucking love it.
Actually, the, the positivity framing, uh, I was, uh, I forgot something at home when we were going to meet this morning. So I had to run back and I wanted to walk here, but I had to take the train to make it. And all of this could have put me in, and it maybe started putting me in a sort of stressful situation trying to get here. But then on the train, I saw a one-year-old really excited. They didn't know each other, really excited about a newborn baby. Mm. And that interaction, I just stood there smiling and looking and I found something like positive and that brought me exactly. uh, into another mode walking in. I just noticed like they had lemon in the water today. Yeah. That's, oh, wow, <laughs> nice. Thank you. You can find the things and exactly actively, proactively switch the mindset. That's that's how I do it all the time. And like like you say, I I start every morning appreciating that I woke up. Mm. I'm alive. First up, I have just that makes it puts a big smile on my mouth. I have a home. I have a roof over my head. Not everybody has that. Mm. Appreciate the small things in life, and then when the train is late or you. A lot of people complain. Instead, hey, I could talk to somebody. I could just send a smile. Oh, what a beautiful day it is. Oh, I'm going to do this today. I can reflect or plan. And it's so important not because if you start the day out with watching the news, don't want to go, go get up out of bed first of all. Oh, I don't want to go to work. You have the wrong job. Yes. You need to change your job. Yes, ASAP. <laughs> ASAP. And then you start watching the news and on the news is 80%, 90% shit. Yes. Negative stuff. Because we have a negativity bias. And exactly. That's what we and, and then you come to, to, and the train is late. Oh, it's always late. It's always late. Blah, blah, blah. And you get mad. And you get irritated, frustrated. I'm going to be late. And you're stressing, stressing, stressing. And why the, why the hell do we stress? There's no need to stress. Just call and say, you know, I'm going to be late. That's Okay. Mm. I never stress, you know, if I'm late, I'm late. I'm going to tell you beforehand. I'm going to tell you. Like you you texted me. I said, that's okay. Take it easy. It is. It's no stress. Never have to stress. You could be here at 1030. I don't care. As long as you come here in one piece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So some people hearing this that are a lot towards the negative bias yes. would say like, yeah, whatever, positivity. How can you put that in bigger terms so to to emphasize the importance yeah, but first of all appreciation like i said that's so important and listening asking questions to listen from their the other person's perspective not from your perspective because you already biased you already know what you what exactly. you're thinking so you have to listen to somebody else's you have the chance thoughts. to add another exactly perspective. exactly and I have a, actually um, a, a, a little uh, funny thing, like 30 days without complaining. Oh, yeah. I have a challenge. A challenge, yeah. challenge, yes. I have a challenge that I do every now and then. You have a wristband yeah. on. You put it on right or left hand and you don't complain. And if, when you complain, you switch, uh, switch it. So you start all over again. It's not, a, it's not a, no, um, there's no failure. You just have to do 30 days in a row. Okay. So, so if you do I'm, 30 days in a row, you're, I promise you, you will stop complaining. I like the tool of switching the wristband. And then uh, you start from one again. Yeah. It's, it's because some people, when I had it, oh, well, I fail. So it's over. No, it's not over. Start again. You start again. You start from you zero. It. And then you do it. And, and if it takes a year... Doesn't, doesn't matter. Year of you trying exactly. to not complain. 
So I love to, I put that out on LinkedIn a couple of times and it's been booming. It's fun. Wow, I like so that. People understand, oh, oh, I actually feel more appreciated. Yeah. Appreciated and, and thankful now. And you realize maybe how much you complain. Exactly. Without knowing it about small stuff. And like the bigger thing that you touched on, the interpersonal. So if I am in a positive mindset or try to be positive and have the attitude that will send out and mm. I will get different type Ooh, of interactions. Yes, yes. And it might lead to my success further on, whatever my success is. Yeah. And that's why I'm I'm in this podcast. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like LinkedIn, for for me example, when I started LinkedIn, it just boom. It, exploded i just wrote about my mindset and how who i am and what i my, my thoughts and stuff and nobody wrote, ever wrote like that on linkedin before and it's uh, a lot of uh, business pitches and yeah uh, yeah and uh, recruitment yeah. and sales this whatever so i said i'm going to i'm going to talk about what i've been talking about for years and on facebook and uh, instagram yeah. with no not great fortune but <laughs> here here it just exploded and there was something needed. I was going to say. It and like now today, a lot of people are talking like I, I'm doing. So it's fun. How long time ago did you start with this? Uh, it was uh, August, end of August 2017. That's when you decided. That's when I started LinkedIn. And you, uh, you're called the LinkedIn profile today. Do you put a lot of thoughts into like algorithms or... Do you just put thoughts into what do I want to say and post it? All my posts are spontaneous. I never uh, plan a post. I don't know when I'm, I'm usually do it in the morning when I'm running to the gym. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> when, when you run, you have a lot of mind. Well, you, oh, you reflect on stuff and you're yeah. okay. I spoke with that. I want to talk, I want to talk about that. Mm. So I, you could actually say that LinkedIn is my reflection diary mm. so, so, so you it's can like, do it for yourself exactly but you're posting it to, yeah, to the public exa- exactly. at the same time I like that so I reflect on what I've been talking about or been thinking about and I just put it out there and and, and it's been a, and it's been great because people could wow okay and a lot I get a lot of um, private messages saying oh you changed this and people are appreciative and I love getting those yeah Yeah, and I love giving those too because I always tell if you if you appreciate somebody tell them it's so important because if you just if if I do stuff all over and you love it and you never say that I wouldn't know exactly and you might quit or exactly that's what I did on Facebook Ah. 2011 I started a YouTube channel Life according to Amo. Yeah, I thought it was. I did one post every morning about smiling, about feeling good, about the golden mindset. Yeah, every morning. Every morning. That's dedication. Yeah, and I put it out on uh, YouTube every morning, and then on Facebook. The most I had was like six hundred, but it was like between three, four hundred, was the uh, average. average. So I like ah, not so many people watching. And this is 2011, and I like, well, and I stopped. And when I stopped, because on when I put it on Facebook, like I got one like, so I was I said nobody's watching, but it, I saw people was watching, but nobody was interacting. interacting. Yeah. So I mean, can't be that good. When I stuck quit after a week or so, I got like 50, 60, 70 emails on Facebook saying. Where's the videos? I've been watching that every day. It makes my ha- it makes me happy for the whole day. 
Okay, you could have told me before. I didn't know, I said. Recently, we've been talking a lot about likes and uh, these vanity metrics being the wrong metrics. So now you maybe know that that's not a metric to rely on. There's other metrics of value-given interactions. So generally, and I I saw this first from Gary Vee, Mm -hmm. who was screaming as he always does (laughs) about not following these types of metrics. Uh, F likes basically was what he was talking about. Just put it out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this was, I was just started. I I never done videos like that before. So um, I was really, okay. But then I was like, I had no likes. So, but I, if I just imagine, this is 2011, eight years ago. If I, I've been a YouTube freaking star now. Yes. If you kept it up. By three, 400 just for a couple of months. That's exactly what he talks about. Yeah. Just keep on yeah, doing exactly. it. exactly. Yeah. And that's what I did now on LinkedIn. Now, yes. And you can Daily, see. Daily, boom, boom. And I had over half a million views on one post. I like your posts on LinkedIn. They're yeah, really yeah, inspiring. It's a, it's a lot about life. I mean, the normal things. Yeah. About being not being positive because I usually tell people the golden mindset is not a positive mindset it's a well-being mindset it's about all well-being working out not only your body but also your mind yes every day you have to learn learn I learn every day it's challenges every every day open-mindedness and uh yes understanding open-mindedness and uh joyfulness and joy that I want to talk about this yeah the the difference between happiness and joyful and joy. For me, happiness is external. It comes from you won something, you you met somebody, you uh, something external. You watch something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get happy. Oh, yeah. I feel happiness because I'm with this woman or this man. Joy is internal. It comes from within. It's when you you know that you love yourself. You feel good. No matter if somebody calls me Negro, no matter if somebody calls me you're fucking worthless, I know that I'm not worthless. I'm still going to be happy and smiling. I'm going to ask you, how are you? Because it's not, I'm always saying that. The bullies are the ones you need to talk to. Yes. Ask them, how are you? Yeah, how are you really doing? Yeah, how are you really doing? Because in school, for example, the bullies is always the people who's hurt from home. I know, I knew I was not a bully, but I took away the, I knew the bullies because I recognized their actions from what I could have done. It's really reactivity. Yeah. That's what the it is. Reaction. They're not, they're not acting. I usually say, stop reacting, start acting. Because it's, it's very hard. When I started that, it, whew, I stopped fighting. It was so fun. I really like that difference between happiness and joy. And it illustrates the question I asked you earlier, like, why should you do these small things to try mm-hmm. to stay positive to find that joy yeah find to joy. stimulate that yeah it's so important do you think a lot about your personal brand and building that well I am my personal brand yeah. so uh, and if you've seen my posts it's, I'm always on the post that was intentionally yeah. uh, uh, from the start so people when they see me they should know that I'm the golden mindset they should as- associate ammo my person with the golden mindset. And that's what companies try to do today. They try to personalize their brand and exactly. have a voice and you're doing that. Exactly. And I do, and I do a lot of, um, I help a lot of companies with that to personalize it and how their employees 
is going to be their real marketing. Yes, yeah, definitely. So I have this concept or theory or idea that I'm trying to push out there. Mm -hmm. uh, so we know of influencers and some would call you an, an influencer. I would like to call you and other people and create a new category called Thinkfluencers. Do you think there's importance in separating that? Because I think the influencer term has been hijacked a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, more of an ad channel. You're selling yeah. products. Yeah, exactly. I think Thinkfluencers are the one that put time into getting you to think, to learn. And there should be a label maybe for that to separate it. And to encourage people to be I, think influencer, micro think influencers. I love it. I'm going to put it out there on LinkedIn. Because I usually call myself not an influencer, but a motivator. Yeah. That's, so I usually that's call well. myself a motivator, not an influencer. I, I'm not an influencer. I, I want to motivate you or inspire you. Because yeah. the difference between a motivated, motivation and inspiration is that I, only me, could in, motivate myself. Because it comes to within, if I want to go work out, I will do it when I'm ready. I have to motivate myself. You could inspire me. To get to, that to, motivation. To get that motivation. But I still have to be motivating myself to really do it. Because I, before I called myself a motivational speaker, but I changed it to inspirational speaker. Because I, when I understand, well, it's the two different things. Mm -hmm. I always thought it was the same thing, but it's not. I buy that uh, separation of the two Yeah, because the motivation comes from within, just like joy comes from within. You have to motivate yourself. You could tell, I could tell you a hundred times, you should do this, you should do this. But if you don't want to do it, you won't do it. You have to find that motivation yourself. So you can only inspire another inspire, person yeah. to find that intrinsic exactly, motivation. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Think Flanzo. Run with it. I'm going yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> And let's take it back to, so you're a father now? Yeah, father of two. Father of two. Congratulations. I saw your daughter here uh, the, the other younger week. One. Yeah, the younger one. Yeah, yeah the really baby cute. one. cute. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I'm thinking like you told us about your growing up mm -hmm. and now you're a father. Have you learned stuff from your own experience and what are you trying to do different? Like what the what's the main difference? Uh, yeah, of course I learned. Thousands of things. Yeah. And uh, my main thing is show love, show love, show love. Uh, extreme much love. Unconditional. I'm Unconditional saying. love. Understanding. Kids make mistakes. Grown-ups make mistakes. We, we don't punish ourselves when we make mistakes, but we want to punish a kid who's just learning, learning all the way up to the 20-something, 21, 22. They're still kids for me. Because I know my own, I had, there's so many mistakes. Definitely. And yeah. I will, I still make mistakes, but it, we as grownups, we think like, oh no, if I spill this water. It was, oh, the glasses fall, yeah, the yeah. table was crooked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if a kid does it, we start rowing at them. I'm like, why, why? It's, it's not the end of the world. It's just a small thing. And they learning, they will destroy, they will destroy things. They will happen. And what's the lesson learned in yelling at a kid for mm. spilling a glass? The lesson learned is that I'm feel I'm not feeling good. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's me. It's that's only on me. Negative. Yes, yeah. it's negative feeling. I feel. I see the negative on me. What the hell is this glass? If me screaming at my kid, that makes my kid scared of me. Yes, that's what they learn. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not that's to fail. Not to no. do wrong. 
I'm scared of Papa. Yeah. Why? I don't want to scare my daughter, daughters. But also that they they don't do what we say; they do what we do. Mm. And they learn through emulation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, what I did, um, I I always hug people. Mm. So <laughs> now my daughter, who's four and a half, well, she's done it since she started school. She hugs everybody in school. And, and, the, and, 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 the, and the teachers always say, your daughter is so nice. She's always helping everybody because I'm always helping everybody. Oh, yeah. she, she sees what I do and she does it. The other day we was at Mosebacke uh, with her sister, with her sisters and another family comes by and uh, they have a, like a five-year-old, six-year-old who uh, stumbles and falls and starts to cry. Amora just runs to her without... I just, what, what happened? Yeah. Brunster, because it was behind me. Brunster was like, oh, how are you? I like, I started crying. Wow, and, the, and, and the two parents, like, oh, they were like, wow, wow. They, they didn't say it loudly, but you they showed see, me yeah, this. Yeah, they did this to me. Mm. <laughs> I, wow. I, like, wow, I was, I was so emotional because it makes me so happy to see that she really cares. It feels like... And it's automatic. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like you're raising and teaching her. You're raising her emotional intelligent quotient and teaching her emotional... Exactly. exactly. Intelligence. Exactly. Amazing, Amo. Thank you so much for this conversation. I appreciate it, Innocent. And I hope that you have a wonderful golden day. Thank you so much. Where can people find you, by the way? Amo Cartwright Official on Instagram and Amo Cartwright on LinkedIn. Learnability Podcast is produced by Levels. Working in the fields of digital transformation, innovation, product development, and venture. If you want to know more about us, visit at wearelevels.com. And oh yeah, if you want to find additional material and contribute to the platform, you can do that at learnability.online. That's learnability.online. Looking forward to getting in touch with you.